In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It is a simple word. It is a word that has been around forever. It is the word that sent our universe in motion. It is the word by which the church lives and dies. It is the word that would fix every trouble you've got in your own life, in your family, in your community, in your church, and in your world. Today it is Mary's word. That word is a very happy yes. Start with the notion that God is love, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit love each other so deeply, so completely, and so eternally, that their entire Trinitarian life together is a playful dance of infinite trust, honesty, blessing, joy, and satisfaction. When it comes to love, more is always better. So God decided to create all of you to share that infinite happiness with you. That was Eden. And God was creating you as his very first happy yes toward you. Of course, the rest of history can be written as the evil opposite, as no, as our shattering, prodigal, and wandering betrayal of our Lord, foiling his intention to keep us close and hold us dear. It's easy to recount the, the stories, and I think you know them all by heart from Sunday school. Adam and Eve and Noah's flood, Israel and David and Jesus' enemies, and then all of us, alone and unloved, broken and weary and unhappy, splintered and selfish, angry and snippy, hurtful, harmful, hateful. You can choose any anti-yes you like, but the result is always the same. Any life outside love, any life outside Eden, is dark and unsatisfying. And so the opposite of love is death. But our Lord's yes is not so easily defeated. She was 14, maybe 15, maybe 16, pious, sheltered, and pure, a faithful little peasant girl in a tiny village where everybody knew everything about everybody else, in a culture that shamed and sometimes stoned people for sex outside marriage. But one day, the angel Gabriel came to her to tell her that she was needed. She was needed to be pregnant with God's child and to ask if that would be all right, if she was willing to be Theotokos, the mother of God. Across these last four weeks of Advent, we have seen how God challenged St. Zechariah, St. Elizabeth, and St. Joseph challenged all of them to be part of that story too, how he stretched them as he looked for volunteers to help him write the story of grace. But none of that touches this. However hard you've been pressed this Advent and however far you've been pushed this year, whether your challenge has been named layoff or loneliness or illness, addiction or depression, 
divorce, or death. However far you've been pushed this year, Mary has just been challenged and stretched and pushed farther, much farther than any of you. So you want me, a virgin, to bear you, my own God, into flesh and blood, and let my purity be questioned, and my reputation ruined, and my engagement broken, and my family shamed, and my life put at risk. Okay, I'm in. Thank you very much. Yes, let it be to me according to your word. I'm willing to do whatever you ask. I am all too happy to obey. Mary's fiat, Mary's let it be unto me, her let it happen to me, Mary's let's go, is a very happy yes, and it is a magnificent thing. Something that St. Paul later wrote about when he said, all the promises of God find their yes in him. All the promises of God find their yes in the flesh and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ at Christmas. It is an astonishing bit of happiness. First comes our Lord's full blast, yes to all of you in creation. And then in response to all of your no's, God replies with incarnation. With perfect life and perfect death and perfect resurrection, all for your perfect redemption. The fact is that by taking human nature, Christ becomes more me than me. And Christ becomes more you than you. In all the stations of life where we fail, as child, as brother, as son, as student, as worker, as teacher, as healer, as leader, as pastor, name them all. What we were always meant to be, Christ becomes perfectly. And he does that in order to reconnect with all of you and to embrace you and to save you and to use you well and to give you a life that is happy and satisfying. A life now, but especially a life someday home in Eden. In a very real sense, this Advent is our chance to live within St. Mary's yes. To make her yes our yes. To share in the fleshly presence of Jesus Christ, as Luther says, on the cross, on the altar, and on the arms of Mary. This is our chance to enter the mystery of the church, a great mystery where everything is forgiven, and this morning everybody gets a fresh start, where everybody's in and nobody's out and everybody's loved. This is our chance to have a life that's been transformed, to be part of that Trinitarian life that is beautiful and compelling and generous and joyful. It's a chance to have a life that is full and alive and meaningful, the chance to be open-hearted in surrender to Christ, the chance to be free in obedience to him as Christ works in us and through us. Here, let me say quite clearly that in all of this, Mary does not run by her own steam, and neither do any of you. She didn't start or finish this endeavor. The angel Gabriel came from nowhere with a question and an answer. He brought both. After asking what he had to ask, 
he also gave Mary an answer. He gave Mary a word to speak. There was no force. It was all gift and blessing. But he gave her a very happy yes. It's there in the rich Greek salutation in verse 28. Greetings, O favored one. Easily could be translated something like, Rejoice, O grateful one. Rejoice, most beautiful one. Rejoice, O charming and agreeable one. Rejoice, O one whom God himself has chosen to favor, whom God himself has chosen to bless, whom God himself has chosen to honor. You cannot get to the gospel better than that. In fact, Mary's life is the most gifted, most wonderful, most satisfying, most obedient, and most happy life there ever was. And so now the Christmas story comes to all of us and wraps us up within its pages, along with St. Zechariah and St. Joseph and St. Elizabeth and today St. Mary. For St. Joseph, it revives faith. He put aside his own plans for divorce and he became stepfather to the Son of God. For Elizabeth, it refreshes hope. As an old woman, she finally realized a lifelong dream and was satisfied in the birth of a child. But for Mary, it bestows love, a divine love that is met with a cooperation that can only be divine, a cooperation that comes as gift, a love that comes from being loved first. Be Theotokos, mother of God. Thank you. I'd love to. And now for all of us, it is all three, faith, hope, and love, because this story becomes our story. This story is the church's story, and so it's your story. And if you've never believed that, or if you've always struggled with, let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be unto me as servant of the Lord. Good news then. For us and for Zechariah and for all the others, Advent is a time for second chances. It's there in verse 31. Call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. It means he's here in flesh and blood, and it means he's here for you. It is such a magnificent story that our speechless no way today becomes, I'm very sorry it took me so long to get it. But it is this sort of love, love in the flesh for us, that lets us rise to whatever good use the Lord might have of us, that lets us take every challenge as an opportunity to exercise virtue, that gives us the chance to do the right thing, that widens our horizons as a community and as a church, and that enlarges our hearts toward the poor and the broken and the hungry. Because like Mary, we know what it is to hear yes, and to get yes, and to say yes, and to live yes, and all of that in forgiveness, life, and salvation. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.